This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. <laughs> only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms supply. See mcdonalds.com. Leicester City have a penalty kick in the sixth minute of injury time. Injury time. Injury time. Look out, takes. Almunia saves. Knock out, follows in. Almunia saves again. And now one on the counter-attack. Forestieri. Hello, you're listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. I'm Justin. I'm Cole. And I'm Peter. And joining us for the Opposition View, James from the Wednesday Till I Die podcast. Hello, how are you? Um, I'm all good, thanks very much. Uh, evening, uh, evening, gents. Oh, look at that, look at that. Yeah, well, it's lovely to have you. We've got somebody who hasn't come on and seen what all this nonsense is like. <laughs> Listeners... Start licking your lips for the bewilderment that poor old James has had to go through. Well done. Well, look, it's lovely to have you here. Um, it's lovely that Wednesday are up, um, but it's been a heck of a last, well, let's just say six months, shall we? Um, obviously, tell us a little bit about how it's been in the third tier, um, how, how you got on with that. Obviously, a spectacular day and then a spectacular explosion. And then a familiar face to us comes to you, He's no longer here. Just take us a quick kind of whistle stop through your last six months, James. Yeah, well, it's been, like I said, a bit of a roller coaster to, to say the least. January time um, last season, I think most people had us down as as winning the league yeah, in League One. I mean, it's great down there. You you win more games than you lose. Um, you know, we had fantastic long unbeaten runs. You know, we're almost like you know the only team going to beat us. I think we'd lost in, in League One. We lost at home. Three times, I think it was. Uh, Try the whole course of the the time that we were down there. You know, um, it was brilliant. Yeah, we we call that we call losing three times August. Typically, that's fine. <laughs> it, it was great down there. You go and you know see these little grounds and stuff. The away days are, are, are all good, but realistically, you don't want to spend too too long down there. And you know, um, every time we've been down there, it's taken us two seasons to get out of them. We genuinely thought we were going to win the league last season. I think if any Wednesday fan says anything different, I think we've got the line. Um, and then we, we played 
we played Barnsley away from home, a game that we should have been in January. You know, the game got rescheduled. We then went there and got beat 4 2. Then we thought, no, well, we'll, we'll play Forest Green next. Uh, a team that's bottom of the league, not won a game all season. Uh, what a game to bounce back at. Uh, and then we proceeded to lose that game 1 0 as well. And then things started. You know, well and truly came off at that point, and Ipswich and, and Plymouth were absolutely flying. When you, whenever you do miss out on automatics, you forget that there's still the playoffs there, and you, you just think, ah, oh, sit now, the season's over and done with. But you know, we, we were still in the in the playoffs. I went to Peter in that in that first leg. Oh, 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 what know. a game that was! Yeah. Well, the, the the first leg wasn't, was it? The second leg was a, was a great game. The first leg was great for them. Um, yeah, travelled down there in high hopes, thinking, yeah, it's going to be a piece of business. I'm going to you know <laughs> beat them one or two nil. You know, it'd be great. And then next minute. 4-0 down, uh, most people walked out before the end. I can remember driving back thinking, what have we done? Like, that, that, well, that is now game over. I think I saw some something online where a Wednesday fans actually tore up their, their ticket off for, for the return leg, I think. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, I saw that. And there were there were people fighting in the stands and it, were, it wasn't nice at all. And yeah, you fast forward, you know, a few days to the to the home leg. I've already got my ticket, obviously season ticket holder as well. So I'm... I'm going in with hope rather than expectation. And it's one of those where you know, you're playing through in your head, aren't you? Right, early goal. Then if we get 2 0 before half time and we've got a chance, and then you just go back to thinking, yeah, but we're 4 0 down. Like, <laughs> is, that, is that really going to happen? But, you know, a lot of people didn't turn up, didn't, didn't go. Those that did witnessed the one hell of a comeback. And it's one of those games that will live long in the memory of every Sheffield Wednesday fan, you know, scored the way that we did in the last minute. And then people forget as well that we actually went behind again in extra time. You know, it was 5-4 on aggregate, 4-1 on the nine, and we, you know, we came back to, to level it up. And of course, penalties where you're thinking, you know, it's one, it was weird. It was like, surely tonight's going to be our night, the way that things have gone. But then you remember that you are a Sheffield Wednesday fan and these things never <laughs> happen. But, you know, it did. And, and then Wembley, it was, it was another fantastic day I'm sure you boys have been to Wembley before. Have you? Have you won at Wembley? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have, yeah, yeah. So you know, Couple of times. So you know what it's like. But the, the football is awful, isn't it? It's never ever a good game at Wembley, and that was exactly the same against Barnsley. You know, they went down to ten men. At that point, you're thinking, yes, it's, it's going to be our day. But every, as every minute went past, and as every minute went past, and we couldn't get anywhere near their their net, you're thinking, no, it's going to be their day. Um, there was so many sliding doors moments in that game that. You know, the, 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 they should have scored uh, at an open goal that they missed, to which we um, still mock them about now. Um, <laughs> and then, and then uh, you know, we've scored a goal, which was a fantastic goal for it to be called offside, which that was one of those moments where you absolutely, you know, you're going absolutely mental in the stands. And then someone taps you on the shoulder and goes, oh, flags up, mate. And you go, oh, shit. <laughs> you feel like an absolute idiot, don't you? But, you know, to score in 123rd minute, to, to win it, you know, the scenes were just absolutely fantastic. I was actually on holiday in Cornwall. Uh, so I went from, uh, most people travelled down the M1 from Sheffield to London. I was uh, travelling from Cornwall to to, <laughs> to London, which I was amazed at how many people was also making that same journey, uh, you know, Sheffield Wednesday fans as well. So uh, obviously not quite as many as that were coming, coming down from Sheffield, but that was just, again, another day that's going to live long in the memory. And people say, oh, it's only League One, but, you know, Wembley's Wembley at the end of the day, and yeah. winning there, it's, uh, it's always a good achievement. That's That's got to be, what, five or six hours to get to Wembley from Cornwall, depending on which part of Cornwall you're in. It's, it's not a, it's quite a journey. 
Yeah, yeah, it would definitely, it would definitely be a journey. I think I set off at something ridiculous like that, five o'clock in the morning or whatever it was, and uh, I, I drove to Exeter. Met I, some, see, uh, I assume you got a pass for this, James. I assume you got like the, the green card to go and do this. Just leaving, yeah, well, leaving people down in Cornwall while you uh, piss off to Wembley on the slash. Well, to be well, I was only on the slash because I, I had to drive, drive some back. of it. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, that wouldn't be very responsible, would it? But you know, um, it was well, it was it was a win-win situation because if I'd not gone and would have won, then I would have been mightily pissed off. So, <laughs> yeah. so you know, I, I was always going to go to that game no matter uh, no matter what. But um, but yeah, you know, I, I drove to Exeter, met one of the podcast listeners there. And kind of got on the train with him to uh, to London, which yeah, like I said, the amount of, you know, there was hardly anyone on the train. The people that was on the train were all Sheffield Wednesday fans in Wednesday shirts and stuff. Again, mental coming from Exeter. Like, you know, I didn't realise <laughs> there were that many Wednesday fans around uh, around in in England. But yeah, I mean, Joe, all that is all fantastic, all all good memories and stuff. But it's just been massively overshadowed by the chairman and the manager. <laughs> as well which uh, okay. yeah, I'm sure we'll get into well we'll get into yeah yeah I think we I think we're going to be going into a new segment that we like to call be careful what you wish for when we speak to other clubs and they go you think you got problems we'll get there in a second so you win the playoff final Windass replicates his father by scoring the winning goal in a playoff final all of this lovely football like serendipity that we all lap up and it was a it was a corking header by the way and right in the last minute all Roy the Rover stuff lovely stuff presumably huge celebrations in the city centre yeah and no because I had to get back to Cornwall which uh, I didn't I didn't get back in well about what time is it now? Two AM, I think it was. About time I finally uh, oh. rolled uh, rolled back at court in Goldmore. Like my eyes on stalks, you know, trying not to fall asleep at the wheel. You know, I think I was just running on adrenaline more than anything. Um, but you know, there was quite a lot of people that that stayed in uh, stayed in London. I think the night before was probably better. To be honest, it took over Covent Garden, and it was just, just a sea of blue and white. Just you know, we we always travel well, and, and yeah, you know, some of the some of the videos and stuff that that you're seeing people just having a real good time and, and, and taking over the whole of London. So you, you, you've got up, celebrations have ensued from Cornwall, literally through to, through to Sheffield and uh, in various places. At what stage then does it appear that Darren Moore is heading, well, very, very slowly towards Huddersfield, as it turned out, but that he's heading out the door and that Chancery is doing some strange things and you must have been going like absolutely on a high to suddenly, what? What's happening? Well, it all came out of the blue. And this is the thing as well. It, it didn't happen straight after. You went on holiday. You know, obviously, you've already done done the playoffs, so you're already behind in terms of preparation and things like that. Two weeks later, all of a sudden, you get the announcement, Darren Moore's left, and, and everyone was just apoplexed as to, like, what? How? Like, you know, so many questions. Like, what's happened? I think Darren Moore did divide the fan base, if I'm being perfectly honest. Okay. Uh, however, having... Won the playoffs, I think. You know, I think everyone would have said, you know, given one season in the championship, if at the end of the champion, you know, end of that one season would have finished, I don't know, mid table, maybe in the bottom half of the table, but you know, that's safe of relegation. I don't think anyone would have, um, you know, would have begrudged them from you know parting company then and, and kind of appointing a new manager that can perhaps take us to that next step. 
I personally, I love Darren Moore. I thought he was a fantastic manager, you know, man manager as well, and just a, a decent bloke, which is very few of them in the world, let alone in football. So yeah, it was it was mental how, how it all kind of panned out, and we've actually got more club statements than points this season, which uh, <laughs> which, which, is, which is actually quite quite some achievement to say that we're 11 games into the season as well, which there's been quite a few of them. Um, a lot of back and forth. Well, it was, I say back and forth. Darren Moore said one piece and, and Chancey just kept on rambling and kept on talking. Um, when, we, when he appointed Cisco, uh, he called out the, the, the infamous Leighton Palmer. I think he meant, well, he did mean Carlton Palmer, of course, who, uh, yeah. who played for Sheffield Wednesday, the absolute legend. Um, yeah, got they got that one a bit wrong, and so many mistakes. Uh, I mean, I could talk for hours and hours on on the amount of things that he's done wrong at Sheffield Wednesday. You know, selling the stadium and then putting it in the wrong year in the accounts, meaning that we get a points deduction and, and then and then get relegated. I mean, we would have had enough points to stay up just if it weren't for the points deduction that we got. So you know that that's just one in a whole host of uh, dodgy decisions that is. Uh, that he's made and he just can't help himself he just really can't help himself dodgy decisions must surely be must surely be the segue to a former Watford manager now former Sheffield Wednesday manager Mr Cisco Munoz when he came in how was he received I mean a lot of people saw the video that went viral with Munoz sat next to or Cisco as we insist on calling him next to Shan Siri and it was supposed to be the unveiling and it looked like <laughs> uh, uh, Munoz Munoz looked like you know kind of if he if he could signal that it was a hijack event he would have done um, <laughs> he, he looked at it kind of like really is this what it is tell us how he individually went down under Chan Siri yeah that that not unveiling that press conference that you're, that you're talking about. How old is Cisco? He's about 40, 43, 44, something like that. However old he is, he aged about 20 years in that one interview. Um, <laughs> just You could see him visibly as the minutes were going by, you know, years were getting added on to his age. Yeah, it, 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 was, it were crackers. Chance here, he just needed to stop, just stop talk, talking about the past all the time and and everything else. People have forgotten about it. Well, not necessarily forgotten about it. They've just got over it, I think, is the is the, the main thing. You know, we'd had all this, this heartache. I mean, it was 15 days since sacking one manager to then uh, appointing the next. Nothing that, that came out of the club. It was all very hush-hush and everything. And all of a sudden, Cisco gets appointed. And you know what? On, on paper, uh, you obviously try and look at all the positives. Um, probably talking this in the same vein about uh, the, the new manager in, in, the, you know, in, this, in a similar way. But you're looking, you think, well, he knows the league. You know, he's, he's managed in the championship. He got promoted out of the championship. That's uh, that's surely got to be a got to be a positive. Um, but I think that's where all the positives they start and the end. To be fair, in the in the way that it kind of went. Um, he just, he, he, I think, I suppose in his first press conference, he said a few things which you probably you like to hear and you resonate with. And then just everything else after that, the way it came across in the media was just horrific. Um, mm. Really, really abrasive. I saw an interview with Cisco where he was, I guess you could say he was laughing about the result, the tactics and, and so forth. He was asked a question and he, he basically sort of laughed at it. And I know that didn't go down well with Wednesday fans. Yeah, I mean, look, I sympathise with him a little bit. He, he doesn't speak fantastic English. And yeah. when things are going wrong, everything's scrutinised to the nth degree. Uh, and I get that. And, and when things are going wrong, seemingly everything goes wrong. And that's exactly what was happening. However, he just wasn't helping himself. 
in the slightest. You know, I think he, he didn't sometimes understand the questions. Then, and then I think I don't think he even stood, understood himself what his answers were either. Um, you know, he'd answer a question, take five minutes, and then the the, the journalist had just asked the same question again because you've not you've not answered it. I mean, you're making decisions like Marvin Johnson. I mean, he's a he's a winger played. I think he's in the last two seasons. He, he must have played. 18, 90 games for us, nearly, you know, nearly ever present. One of the most frustrating footballers, may I add, um, and one that you know, I, I didn't, I didn't think he were fantastic. However, he didn't name him in the twenty-five man squad. He named twenty-four of twenty-five players and left Marvin Johnson out. And then, you know, last week he's he's training in uh, in Dubai and just totally ostracised him out of, the, out of the team and playing playing players that aren't left-footed on the left-hand side when he's a natural left-winger. And you're thinking, you know, all right, he's not fantastic. He's not the best player ever. He's better than a right-footer on the left. Do you know what I mean? And, and when things aren't going well, you know, everyone looks at that and, again, asks questions about it, didn't answer him at all. And, and yeah, the... A lot of a lot of red flags really with uh, with Cisco and, and just didn't once kind of connect with the fans. You know, you know the Sheffield Wednesday fans. We've got a big fan base. We're you know travel up and down the country. Not once did he come over and clap the players. Look, he's not going to get a great reception. But all you're doing is rubbing him up, rubbing us up the wrong way, aren't you? And, uh, so, and yeah, the right is me that. Ball, really. Surprise, surprises me to hear that because when we had him, he did inherit a Premier League side. There's no, there's no doubt about that. That that helped him get us promotion, like you, you mentioned. But in terms of fan engagement, I actually thought he was probably one of the best we've had in a hell of a long time, and we've had a lot of managers. It's, you know, it's great so, when it's going well. Yeah, exactly. You're right. You're hundred percent right. Yeah, I just think I don't know about. I think from an outsider looking in, and I don't know the full ins and outs. And like you said, you could talk for hours about what, what's going on there. That looks a real hard job in, in terms of trying to keep Wednesday in, in the championship. Uh, it's early days and things can change, but that chairman just feels like he's just a little bit too involved for me. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's sort of like all the signings as well. I think the first three signings that Cisco made were, were, were definitely his. Uh, he mm. signed Juan Delgado, Paul Valentin, uh, and then Ashley Fletcher, who, if you want. Um, well, I, I hope Ashley Fletcher is in, involved on, on Saturday in the squad. He's bound to score against us. Nice to see him play, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I hope he's involved in the squad because what we can do is we can we can leave him at Watford and then and then come back without him. Oh no, no, we no, we we've we've got rid of him once. No, we're not you. doing that again. No, no. We're not playing that game again. You think we've only got rid of him once? Um, oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, in fairness, we've made a half-assed job at this time. Last time, we sent him all the way to New York. I mean, he yeah. can be shit on many continents, which is quite useful. Yes, <laughs> no, no. I, I don't think he's going to be playing because isn't there a rule that you can no, you can no longer play against your parent club? So I don't think he will be involved. I don't think only if that's been stipulated in his uh, in his loan terms, which it normally is. To be fair, um, so yeah, he's probably not going to be playing. We can still take him. We can still take him, and then we'll tell him that the coach is leaving at half past six, and we can get off at six. <laughs> <laughs> so he's been awful. He's been absolutely awful. I've, I've never seen. He, I mean, how he, he is, he is consistent. It's nice to hear that his consistency is still going on. That's nice. He is. You know, he came in and said, I'm a changed man. Uh, I can reignite my career. I mean, I'm looking at, he's what, 27, 28? He's not even scored 100 yeah. career goals yet. And he's a striker. I mean, not, not to coin Roy Keane's phrase, but it's your job. I mean, his job is to put the ball in the back of the net. I don't see what at what point you look at him and think, you know what, I'm going to sign him. He's been a fantastic signing for this for this level. Like, he's not. He's rubbish. He's, he's really, really bad. He was only brought in because his sister was made, so that's the only reason why. We had him at the Premier League level. That's when we... Yes. Did. Yeah, that's when we fucked up. Yeah. 
Yeah, we did it properly. Cisco, Cisco signed him then, though, didn't it? So what he's not done is learned from his mistake. He signed a crap player, player for you and then proceeded to sign him again for, for us. So our, yeah, our, our transfer policy is slightly different to the rest of the world where we just throw a load of shit at the wall and see what sticks. <laughs> and unfortunately, unfortunately, Mr. Fletcher stuck to the wall that season. So, uh, yeah, Munoz uh, inherited Ashley yeah. Fletcher, I think. Yeah, unfortunately, we- unfortunately, the wall has now left to go on loan to Udinese. We'll <laughs> <laughs> get notified at some point. We'll get a wall back. <laughs> Normally, we would go straight to the worst part at this point because we've kind of talked about it. But obviously, you've now recruited Mr. Mr. Roll. Is it is it pronounced Roll or Roll or Roll? Roll. It's it's one of those you know one where you just go, oh, for God's sake, give us a hope. Obviously, hope and expectation will be high, but you're not really going to know what he's going to do until until then. So, I just wanted to ask about three players and your memory because we haven't got to speak to Sheffield Wednesday forever, so we can yeah. now. Three players, and I just want to have your thoughts because we've we've done Fletcher. I think we should go to slightly fonder memories from 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 Watford players, not necessarily for Sheffield Wednesday. Let's go, Danny Poodle. Let's go for Fernando Forestieri, and also obviously Alman Abdi. Now, not all of those were hits, not all of those were misses. Take us through those three. If we talk to Sheffield Wednesday fans on Saturday, which ones should we avoid bringing up? Yeah, Alman Abdi, um, de- definitely. It's crazy. He, what a player he Alman was for us. Abde. What, do, you know, do you know what? Whenever any Watford fans say that, I just think you're on the wind up because, you know what, there's... Um, he was, there was, there was, there was quality. He was quality. Do you know what? There's a, there's a bar on, uh, on Ecclesall Road, which is in town, the bar called Pointing Dog. Uh, it's got something different now, but, but back when he was there, we saw him more in that bar than we did on the grass at Hillsborough. He was he, he was constantly injured, never played. When he did play, he was he was awful. He got lost. He didn't know what he was doing. He was just stealing a wage, um, really. It, it just you know, phantom injuries all the time. You know, I think he just he just massively checked out. And yeah, it, when we signed him, we thought he signed an absolute gem. It, it, it didn't pan out that way. We yeah. spoke to uh, Alman Abdi. We, we had him on the podcast and uh, and we asked him about his Chef Wednesday days. And it was, it kind of felt to me like he'd fallen out of love of football uh, at that point because although he was injured, he, he, his career ended after that, after that transfer. He, he just, he just packed up playing and went, went back home. So I think you, you were really unlucky with him because honestly, he was probably in my time and I'm, I'm speaking here and I'm putting him on a very, you had very high pedestal. You players of all time when we went through. I did. Yeah, I, I'd put him up there as, as one of the best players I've seen in the Watford shirt in terms of what he could do. Yeah, it's absolutely mental. I mean, he was there for, for quite a while, about three years he was there and he played he played 20 games and scored just one goal, riddled by injury. And the thing is as well, he, he, would, he would have come on a big on a big contract as well, um, which, you know, again, doesn't go down. Well, we've got a, we've got a bit of a history of paying people a lot of money and then and not, not playing. So, so, yeah, out of the three, Alvin Abde. 100 percent the the worst Watford player that we've ever had. <laughs> okay, so well, so so leaving the best for last. Then uh, let's let's do that in this order: Daniel Poodle or Fernando Forestieri. Which which one is which which one splits the two? So Fernando Forestieri has to be the best. So I'll talk about uh, Poodle for 
for a second. He, you know, just a fantastic player. Just, you know, the always give 110% commitment on that left-hand side playing left-back. We typically, we've not had great left-backs, but you know, we brought him on, on loan initially and then, you know, signed him on a on a permanent deal. And yeah, he was just a, a breath of fresh air. Could really hit one with his left foot as well from outside the box, scored a few goals, you know, were like ghosting in at the, you know, at the last minute and ball ball pings out and he'll, uh, you know, he'll, no, not afraid to to hit one. One of probably the best memories was when we played Arsenal in the League Cup at Hillsborough and we beat him three 0 I think in the end. And he uh, he assisted the first goal, ran down the left, and the vision to to pick out Ross Wallace in the way that he did, and you know, kind of little reverse pass like to like the edge of the box, and uh, and Wallace met it and. And the rest is history, and yeah, just a fantastic player, and still playing now as well. He lives, he still lives it well. He lives in Sheffield, and he, he plays for, for Hallam FC, who were uh, one of the oldest oldest football clubs in the world. They've actually got the oldest stadium in the world, uh, Sandygate Road. He's got a slope on it, which you, you need to see it to believe it. But, um, but yeah, he still he still turns out for them uh, every now and again, which which is crazy that he's you know, he's still got that love for football. And of course, that's the oldest ground in the world. Not the worst ground in the world, of course, because that still is Kenilworth Road shithole. Yes. Right. So yes. Let's go. Let's go to Fernando Forestieri. Fernando Forestieri was what a fantastic player he was. Just the tenacity and everything, you know, where defending from the front, you know, the defenders will pick the ball up and everything looks all calm. And the next minute he's, he's there, he's behind him, he's, he's, got, he's got left, he's got right, he nicks the ball off him, you know, and then starts an attack by himself. I think it was a goal against, uh, I want to say, I want to say Reading, but I might, I might be wrong there, it might have been Birmingham. And he, he's picked the ball up, he's a slide and tackle, hooked the ball away, took it past one player, took it past another and hit it from about 25 yards and, and into the top corner. Fantastic goal. He scored one very similar against Norwich. Uh, at the end of the season, which was a bit of an offing game, live on Sky, hit it from. You know, he, had, he had no right to, to to shoot from where he did, and you know another fantastic goal. The only problem with Fernando Forestieri was coming to the end of his time at Wednesday. It didn't really go down too well. I think it was um, I think like in Newcastle that that reportedly put a bid in for him, which Chancery does what he always does and just rejects any bid for any player. We haven't all this. I think we saw one player during the eight years. It's been at Sheffield Wednesday. I think, and I think the, the biggest sale that we had was Steve Bruce to to Newcastle, and obviously he's a manager and not a player. But you know, we, I think you know, we we blocked a, or rejected a bid for, for Fernando Forestier. In hindsight, we probably should have accepted it because he then just threw a massive wobbler and uh, and fell out with the club and kind of was never was never the same after that. To be honest, which is a he's a massive shame. Although I think he's in. Um, I want to say he's in, in Thailand or Hong he's Kong Malaysia, or like that. He's Malaysia, Malaysia, yeah. Yeah. Malaysia, yeah. And he's absolutely banging the goals in. I think he's scoring a goal a game or something ridiculous out there, which I'm not a fan of Malaysian football. I can't pretend to know much about it, but they're uh, they're going great guns because I don't know what the what the standard of football is, is like. Probably a little bit like Messi going in the MLS. No, what a player he was, and he scored some fantastic goals for Sheffield Wednesday. Whenever you do any best 11s or anything like that, especially from, you know, from like the 2000s onwards. Fernando Forestieri will, uh, will always be in people's best 11. Yeah, of course, we know him as Forestieri, his hog, for some reason. I'm not sure why we know him as that. Can I just say, and I've just looked this up in order to make sure that I'm not making some form of cultural faux pas. We are quite right. He would be going in as Messi. That's absolutely true. But I've just looked up the Malaysian average height. And for men, the average height is five foot six. 
that means that Fernando Forestieri is dominating at corners. I mean, and not taking them, but getting on the end of them. That's really something. <laughs> That's something, isn't it? Well I, done, Fernando. I, well done. I would be both. tall in Malaysia. That's excellent. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to go to Malaysia to feel tall. It does yeah. a long way. <laughs> I'll just very quickly talk about the only time I've been to, to Hillsborough because it's just come to mind. It was an FA Cup replay. I think it was 98. It was after Peter Kennedy scored that wonderful goal from the halfway line in the in the uh, first yeah. original match. But the reason I remember the replay is Decanio got sent off for pushing over the pushing someone over, or it, the ball went out or something, and he argued over a he's already on a yellow, and he argued about a throw in, and he got sent off. And of course, the where's Decanio chance that were buzzing around the Watford crowd at the time was absolutely fantastic. Fantastic. So I remember that very, very clearly. Uh, it was a freezing cold night as well. It was January up in uh, up in Sheffield. Absolutely freezing. But yeah. Uh, and thanks for Colton Palmer, by the way. I think he probably came through a few other clubs by the time he came to us. But he was crap at Watford. Absolutely terrible. <laughs> Under <laughs> Graham Taylor. Say what, say what you see there, Justin. Yeah. What you see. Well, was, something came to mind the other day, which was... Um, I think I put something out on Twitter about the worst away days you've been to, and lots of people mentioned the Fulham game on Boxing Day 2000, and Colton was involved in that game. He just looked fucking clueless running around the midfield. It was awful. awful. Yeah, he had, he, had, he had lost his legs by then, hadn't he? Yeah, he was 73. Colton Palmer should have just ended it a long, a long time ago when he was when he was good. He tried to, tried to play for far too long and do far too many things and uh, kind of tainted his career. Uh, a little bit, but uh, but no, in his in his heyday, I, I was I wasn't lucky enough to, to see him at Sheffield Wednesday, but you know, seeing some of the clips and everything, what a what a fantastic player he was for us. He still wades in on football league world on Watford matters. It's like, mate, you're here for five minutes. Why are you coming? Five minutes, yeah. Watford? You know what I mean? Four but, games, wasn't it? I think he had four games. It wasn't very many. You know, that was four too fucking many, if you ask me. I've been seeing so, uh, some of my. Uh, I was just thinking on, on what Justin was saying there. Some of my fondest and worst memories. Are involved in Sheffield Wednesday. I think I know one. <laughs> well, one of them, you know, which is the <laughs> yeah. clearly Sheffield Wednesday coming back to Vicarage Road. I've got a bit of unfinished business, and I hope the Watford <laughs> fan that fucking ruined my life <laughs> is in attendance. It's a long story that one, James. But for those of you that remember the day that we nearly clinched the title and we didn't because of some specky-faced fucker that got into the uh, into the area. Uh, and the other one, my favourite one, and this is going back some time, uh, Kevin Pressman, absolute legend of a goalkeeper, had a, f- uh, had a pie thrown at him by a Watford fan when we were in the Vicarage Road end. And the man had the audacity to open the pie and take a big bite out of it and then throw oh, it back. Well done. Which well is done, just Kevin incredible. Because, I mean, he was a little bit rotund, was uh, Kevin Pressman. So, he, yeah, so brilliant, brilliant from him. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. That, that, that's just like sticking two fingers or put the fan in. It's it, quality. You know. It was brilliant. <laughs> and then probably complaining that it was steak and kidney and not meat and potatoes. I'm like sure that. it was yeah. a steak and kidney. Yeah, I you know I didn't check the pie afterwards, but I'm sure it was a steak and kidney. It wouldn't if it was vegetable. He definitely would have taken the bite. Hi, this is Jan Moby, and this is the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. <laughs> at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We normally go through the, the players that we've shared on the second half of the season, but it's been so long since we got to speak to Sheffield Wednesday. We, we've, we've just gabbled on about everything and got overly excited. But we have to get back to business. James, just know this before we start, we're dreadfully sorry, because this is the <laughs> Do Not Scratch Your Eye Completely Rubbish Prediction League. Now, many podcasts say, and now we'll, have, yourself a, in, yes, now we'll have a prediction. <laughs> and we and we kind of go, why? What are you going to do with it? So somebody really colossally fuckwitted came up with the idea of keeping it kind of going for the whole season and making these two other idiots kind of carry it on <laughs> and taking part against the EFL. That was last season. It was tight. It was, it was, oh, it was exciting. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was shit. It wasn't it was exciting. Going nonetheless. And uh, Justin, in a, in, a, in a seemingly very pleasing level of cl- climax to the season, lost out to the EFL on the last game. However, we sat down, we thought about it over the close season, and we've managed to make it entirely worse. We now have seven groups actually making kind of uh, goes at this. And the latest league table is this. You, <gasps> James, representing the EFL, sit What's happened? the league with 12 points. Justin <sighs> is carrying on last year's battle with you at the top and second place with 10 points. 1-1, which is now its own prediction. Nobody else is allowed 1-1 except for 1-1, who just predicts 1-1 every single week, finally got three points last week jp backgammon fc don't worry don't worry this will make even less sense in a minute don't worry um is on eight points carlos there is level on seven points with artificial stupidity and jarvis cocker spaniel again another thing that won't make much sense in a minute so basically what happened a number of people got in touch with us and said i think i found a new way of making this whole prediction league that little bit worse and uh, and the first one was mr john parslow who suggested the introduction of backgammon. It's after the international break, and Watford have three games this week, and Watford fans are reeling under the news that we haven't actually sacked a manager, but it's actually the opposition doing the job for us. So in a series of three manager um, of the opposition sackings, we'll start with our very own Cisco Munoz and celebrate the Cisco Disco. With the dice are on the pitch, Cisco's ready, we're ready, let's go boys. Watford to go first. And it's six minus six is zero. New coach for Sheffield Wednesday. And that six minus one is five. So the prediction is Watford nil, Sheffield Wednesday five. This really isn't going well. So there you go. 5 0 to Sheffield Wednesday. John, what the fuck are you playing at? This what the hell? Rubbish. Yeah, if that happens, I am for I will be on the pitch throwing my season ticket at somebody. <laughs> it's on your phone these days, isn't it? Don't do that. But I'll throw my phone at someone then. 
Now, John's theory was that inanimate objects could could beat Carl and Justin. But since then, the people providing us with with videos and indeed audio there have got all carried away, and they've started adding on soundtracks and various things. We we even had Scrabble tiles on that one for anybody listening on the audio. Don't worry, we'll make you go and look at it on Twitter. Why should we look at this nonsense and you get away with it? Saying Cisco's disco, you see, he remembers Cisco. Cisco's disco was was what happened when we finally went up. James, that blank face that you're displaying there is normal. <laughs> it's brilliant. He's like, it's, I thought he was frozen. <laughs> I just, I'm just in absolute awe thinking, what, oh, what just happened for the last wait, three minutes? Wait, like, wait till you see what comes. Oh, you, you have not seen the best, sir. The yeah. best is yet to come. Yeah, James, just, just, just kind of timestamp this moment and just remember those happy days before stranger things seem to happen. Well, so, I, I mean, I sometimes watch, you know, other podcasts and, you know, you think, get ideas for your own podcast. Well, that, that's not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, well, neither, neither would be getting a dog to make predictions. But we did. Watford versus Sheffield Wednesday. Of course, we had to play Paul, Sheffield's finest, and your namesake. Okay, buddy, you know what to do. You know the routine. We're going to pick Watford first. Go for it, mate. Pick away. Straight away. <laughs> Watford four. Watford four. Let me just pick these up. Oh, whoa, whoa. he's gone mad. He's gone mad. I don't know which one to go for. Which is Sheffield? Which is Sheffield? Right. Okay, he seems keen on this one. This is Sheffield. Sheffield Wednesday four. Sorry, I've I've gone. I've lost it. I've lost it. Watford four. Sheffield Wednesday one. We'll have a bit of that, son. There you go. There's John. <laughs> there you go. Wow. Oh, what a song! What a song that is. Superb. There you go. So, uh, in fairness, uh, Ben there, who is who is Jarvis's scout and possibly agent moving forward, um, it basically got all excited because, let's face it, there were several weeks where we edited it down where Jarvis had no interest at all in the paper cups. It was like, what's going on up there? Fucking, And it was like, he's got treats in there. He turned them the other way around. Anyway, 4-1 to Watford and 5-0 to Sheffield Wednesday are what we're up against, gents. Now, there is also artificial stupidity because this whole thing happened when we went, what if we used artificial intelligence uh, and used it badly? And needless to say, artificial intelligence is not doing very well at all, but that's fine. It has gone Watford 2, Sheffield Wednesday 1 oh, on this game. You, so, you, you, you say it's not doing very well, but I'm currently level with it. Yeah, well, that's that's the benchmark for doing shit. Let's be frank here. That, that, <laughs> or let's be cold, either way. Anyway, so the scores you cannot predict because they have gone already are obviously 1-1, predicted by 1-1. Justin is sitting there going, shit, I should have bought a pen. You cannot select 5-0 to Sheffield Wednesday. Not that anybody was necessarily running in that direction. You can't pick 4-1 to Watford, and you can't pick 2-1 to Watford, but we always go to our guest first. So, James, once you've got over the emotional trauma of seeing a backgammon <laughs> set in use, he's, he's, he's done this on trampolines. He's gone up stepladders to recreate Stoke. It was odd. He's, uh, but he's, not the North. he's done all sorts of stuff. Angel of the North, yeah. Great North run. He did Sunderland on the Angel of the North just to get told, that's bloody Newcastle. Anyway, but never mind. What forecast would you like to make? And we write this shit down. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a bit disappointed. That I can't have five mil because, uh, yeah, that was going to be mine. But um, no, nah, of course I'm, it would. I can't come on here and, and predict uh, not a Sheffield Wednesday win. So, you know, we, we, we've not won all season. So for absolutely no reason whatsoever, other than the fact that we've got a new manager that looks like he knows what he's doing, even though he's had no experience of managing a football club in his entire life, I'm going to go for... A 2-0 win to Wednesday, of course. That's a good shout. We took that as red. We took that as red. So, 
some points will be allocated because we've got a draw. We've got wins either way. But Carlos, you are you are languishing next to me, pressing a random button, right? Yes. And a dog, and the yes. dog, and the dog only joined on game three. Yes. So you Thank you, Peter. Game you, 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 you say this during every recording. I am fully aware that I'm struggling currently. I think it's really Thank important you. to know that morally you're losing you. to a cocker spaniel yes. with you. some paper cups. Excellent. Thank you for that. Um, swiftly moving on, is the Tango Man still attending Sheffield Wednesday away games? He is. So he will be. He will be there. He will be there. Right. So based on that, not based on anything. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go for... <laughs> it's fucking random, isn't it? Well I'm going to go Hold well on, Carlos, because this wasn't fucking strange enough. Good, man. Yeah, I'm going to go for Watford 2, Sheffield Wednesday 0. Oh, he's, gone for, he, he, he's reversed you there. Yes. Yeah. Games have gone other ways. Look at this. So we turn to the man who who is used to predicting loss because he's obviously not our guest, and he's even though he's in second, uh, it still allows us to piss him off. He's being coached by someone this season. There's something really amiss with that man above me. There, he's flying in. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. There's something not right. Something not right. I'm. I'm. Invest. There will be a full investigation at the end of this season. Stewards inquiry. Justin, come on in. What are you going to be going for? Watford v Sheffield Wednesday on uh, on on this coming Saturday. Well, I mean they've got a new manager. New manager bounce. Uh, we're dreadful. Um, so oh, look at our form. The last, the last holiday, everybody. He's bought his. He's bought his A game. His grumpiness is with us. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The last four matches are three losses and a draw, aren't they? If I'm if I'm not mistaken, we haven't won in yeah. forever. Oh yeah. You see, now I probably would have gone for a two-one to Sheffield Wednesday, but I can't do that, can I? Someone had that, haven't they? Someone's yeah. had two, Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, I can't go for one-one. Uh, this this kind of stymies me a little bit. I think it's well. I think it's going to be a one-one, but I can't. So I can't do two-one. Bloody hell, Peter! This doesn't give me any wriggle room, sir. I'm wriggle I'm. Room. It's not what we specialise in. Stupidity. That's where we go. That's where we're strong. I'm going to go. I'm going to go nil nil. That's what I'm going to do. Well, That's not I, a bad shout. I can't go three one. It's not going to be three one each to either side. It, it could be something ridiculous like three two, but scoring goals isn't really our thing. Let's go for nil nil. Well, it's not our thing. We've only scored five all there season. You there you go. Ashley really Fletcher. Really Ashley Fletcher. Is one goal yeah. off from being our top goal scorer this season. That's how bad we are. You've got to take Barry Bannon out of the equation. I think if you take him out, Wednesday struggled to create a lot. So, yeah. Neil Neil's a good shout. Neil Neil's a good shout. I like it. There you go. There you go. So, the score forecasts are. And, and Justin, we do have your Neil Neil, but I'm going to give you a chance. I'm going to give you a chance. Uh oh. Nobody has actually gone 2 1 to Sheffield Wednesday. Random nonsense went two one to Watford. Oh, so two Watford. You, you, I wouldn't. Oh, I wouldn't he's opened the cookie tin. Are you going to put your hand in? Go on. <laughs> he's opened it. Put hand in. Uh, uh, you're saying you don't score many goals. I mean, you know, bio. Yeah, nil nil, Peter. Let's stay with nil nil. Let's stay with nil nil. Bio convinced him there, didn't they? Bio was the convincer. <laughs> We're all really looking forward to this game, aren't we? Yeah. Everybody's convinced. No, no, no. We're even worse. It could be 5 0, Peter. That's what one of the predictions is. It could be 5 0. It could be a thriller for the Sheffield Wednesday fans. For Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> could be fucking boring for us. But yeah, there you go. That's that's out of the way. Phew. Well, apology, apologies for that, James. Apologies for that last segment. And at least in the director's box, they can have a game of which one's got the most fucking crazy owner. That'll be good. I like <laughs> that. That's true. 
Yeah, they can mull that over on the blue cheese course, can't they? That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, there we go. Brilliant. I mean, it's been a while since we played Sheffield Wednesday, isn't it? So uh, it's been nice to, to see you again. I think, as we said, the last time was Carlos when you let that bloke on the pitch and he ruined our championship hopes. Yeah, I'm pinning that on you. You can, you can Thank you. You can see me doing that from here. I'm, I'm pinning yeah, that on you. Are you coming down, James? Uh, I'm not uh, on uh, on Saturday. I, I won't be there. But the other, you're not coming to Costadale Watford, James. Costadale Watford, sir. It's the only place to be. I'm I'm not, unfortunately. But the other the other three guys are. Although saying that they weren't until we appointed this new manager, and they were they're fully. That's it. The optimism levels have gone up uh, a few notches. You'll, you'll sell. You'll sell that. your alloc. You'll sell your allocation. Wednesday always travel well. We will. So it, it's. It sold out two days after the tickets went on sale, to be fair. But, there you go. Exactly. Yeah. Fair play. So, yeah, they've got some tickets now and they'll be, they'll be going down on uh, on Saturday. It should be a good one. You know, a new manager. Let's see what he's all about. Uh, saying all the right things. Um, you know, I say he's never managed a football team before. But when you've been the assistant manager at Bayern Munich and the German national side, you've got a little bit of baggage, to be fair. So, uh, yeah, things are, I think are looking up cautiously uh, optimistic, I think is the way we need to put it. Can I have the 2-1 as a reserve? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Just because he's used Bayern Munich in the German national side doesn't mean yeah. it's a recipe for success. It doesn't. It no, just, sure. you know, he could be, he could be shizer. He's, <laughs> he's the same age as me. I, I, I was 34 the other day, uh, and yeah, he, Danny Roll is, he's 34 years old. We, you know, he, he's Bloody the same hell. age as some of the players that we've got. We have got an average age of 27 years old in our, in our squad. We've got, you know, Lee Gregory up front, who, uh, yeah, he's, I think he's 35. So the manager's younger than our striker, which is mental. Um, <laughs> <It's> mental. <laughs> I was 34 the other decade. I mean, crikey, wow, that's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, maybe not. Maybe not. Anyway, <laughs> excellent stuff, James. Thank you ever so much for for joining this uh, 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 thing, whatever whatever it is. I don't <laughs> know. That's chaos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. normal. But we will see what happens on Saturday, three o'clock. Great stuff. Good road. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? <whistles> At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.